Tonight on Joy News Prime, NDC minority vows to continue its Occupy BOG protest after the central bank governor sent out his security team to receive their petition. On a day, hundreds joined the minority group in a march to demand his resignation. We'll tell you why the minority is tonight declaring war on the Bank of Ghana governor. Uh, more protests today as a Simon resident pledged to organize series of protests at the Ministry of Roads and Highways if the Simon MCE fails to repair roads. Now on Joy News campaign, dialysis crisis, some young Ghanaians with kidney failure cry for help as they, among others, demand access to affordable dialysis treatment. Meanwhile, the World Health Organization is asking the government to expand NHRS to cover patients battling chronic kidney diseases. It is for us to really support the health insurance and to ensure that services such as renal services are included in the benefit package of the health insurance to mitigate the out-of-pocket uh, expenditures that we are beginning to see increase. Sometimes, because of the dialysis, I don't go to school on Mondays and Thursdays. I'll come for dialysis. Whenever I go to school, sometimes I'll be confused. We call and ask our friends and neighbors. Sometimes, if we get the money, we'll come for the dialysis. If we do not get, then we will not go. At 8 p.m., we'll bring you business where the Bank of Ghana has stated it resolved to introduce the digital currency ECD despite the delay. As the governor mentioned at the 111th MPC um, briefing, currently the decision as to when to potentially introduce ECD is yet to be determined. It's important that first things are handled first. Later on, Rosal Musbao will be joining us with the latest from the water sports. Well, President of the Ghana League Club Association calls for a free and fair electoral process ahead of the upcoming Ghana Football Association election is slated for October 5. Galka extends best wishes to all candidates and calls for a fair and transparent electoral process to select leaders who will contribute to the growth of football in Ghana. We're live on DSTV Channel 421, GoTV Channel 125, and around the world on MajoyOnline.com. Do stay with us for details. Joy News Prime Headlines was brought to you by... Don't take risks. Use a condom every time. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out Malaya one time. Some spices. Yes, sir. Now, tense moments today as protesters led by the NDC minority and party leadership insisted on proceeding to the Bank of Ghana to deliver a personal petition to the governor, Ernest Addison. Hundreds had poured onto the streets today to back the demand for the resignation of the central bank governor and his two deputies. The police just yesterday declared they will not allow the protesters, including the leadership of the minority, anywhere near the central bank premises, which they had assessed as a security zone. Well, today the police were determined to avoid a repetition of the violent scenes that characterized the three-day fix the country protest and allowed the leadership of the minority to hand deliver their petition at the Bank of Ghana. But as it turned out, the governor himself and his two deputies were not available to receive the petition themselves. 
Instead, they sent out the central bank security head to engage the protesters. Listen to the head of security at the central bank. We were informed that you'll be coming to present the petition to the governor. But the three governors, as we speak, are currently meeting the IMF and, uh, in a meeting, and there's nobody there. So the government has asked that I meet you and take the petition on his behalf and will accordingly respond to the petition. Thank you. All right, so the minority leader will respond. Okay. So first, let me say that I feel very disrespected as the leader of the opposition in parliament for a simple reason that we demanded to present a petition to the governor of the central bank of the republic of ghana otherwise known as the bank of ghana unfortunately he has decided to disrespect us and his two deputies has also decided to disrespect us by not being here and to receive our petition we never said we are going to present our petition to the head of security or someone responsible for security without due respect the crowd you've seen is just the beginning we will come back again and i assure you trust me we will come back again he should better come in here if he thinks that the imf is more important than the parliament of ghana if he thinks that the imf is more important than the people of ghana he's here because of the people of ghana and not imf so let him deal with imf but we'll come after him. We will come after him. Thank you. Until we see him, we are not stopping. This is just the beginning. Choboy! 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 So, on that note, we mean no disrespect, but we thank you very much. But we'll be protesting again, and we hope that we will be meeting him. Until we see him, we will not stop occupying the bank of Ghana. Let, let's speak to another member of parliament, and someone of the It's clearly a reflection of the disdain and the disregard they have for the Ghanaian people. I mean, how can you choose the IMF over the people who have employed you, <laughs> over your employers, over the people you are supposed to serve? It's the height of disrespect. And is the reason these people must go. It just tells you that they are really a bunch of administrators, leaders who simply don't care. They don't have regard for the people. They have no scruples. They have no dignity. Because this is the height of disrespect. And I can assure you that what they have done is not only an affront to parliament, it gives us further impetus to go after them and to make sure that they are held to account. We all feel very much disrespected. And this, 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 this speaks to the impunity uh, with which Nana Fufuadu and his appointees want to run this country. But we are not handing over our petition to uh, uh, the head of security. It's like somebody wanting to present a petition to parliament, to the speaker of parliament, and the speaker delegates the masha of the head of security of parliament to come and receive it. It's the height of disrespect. And so, let him remain here. We are going to regroup. 
find another time to bring the petition. We are not handing over that petition to any security head because the security people there, they have no idea about what type of policies that are being run there. So if you give them the document, they will not even know the value. And we want to present it to Addison and call on him to resign. Thank you for talking to us. You just had national chairman of the NDC, Johnson is here in Kitia. Let's speak to the Ningo Prime Prime MP, Sam George. I granted you an interview at Obra, and I told you that Edison is a coward. Do you remember? I said he was a coward and that he won't show up. So I'm not surprised. But I am disrespected. I am offended that he will send the watchman, the gate man, the security man, to come and receive a petition on monetary policy. He says he's a retired wing commander. For a wing commander, his business is flying planes. I mean, what has a wing commander got to do with monetary policy and, 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 and inflation rates? But you see, this is, this is a good indication of where we are. He has, he has called for war. He will get it big time. He dare not step in parliament because we will not entertain him in parliament. I, I, I was just asking the national chairman if you would recommend, uh, he talked about a boycott, and I was asking him if he would endorse any boycott in parliament, advise the minority in parliament to boycott it. Is this something you will support? Well, well for me, yeah. I would insist the next time any of the deputy governors or the governor appears for the public account committee that we also cannot see them. We would ask this, is either they, they meet the security detail in parliament to hear them before the public account or they should go and then when we are ready we'll call them hundreds of police officers were deployed here to ensure order at um, today's occupy um, the BOG protest the protest has ended and as you can see the inspector general of police dr judikufo dampare is here congratulating his men for a job well done We've been with them since morning. We've not seen any police officer carrying arms. None of them have seen carrying arms at the protest, just wearing their, their route control gear, ensuring order. There was no confrontation at, the, at any point. The only disagreement was the use of the um, Castle Road. But some protesters wanted to use the Kwame Nkrumah Avenue, but eventually the minority leader Dr. Castle to force a manage to de-escalate the um, situation. So the IGP, Judge Dampari, Dr. Judge Dampari is here congratulating this man for a job well done. Let's go. Come on. Good job. Good job. Good job. I'm proud of you. Let's keep it at it. Good job. As armed demonstrators have also been expressing their concerns. They want to uh, uh, do their, how do you call it, campaign. They came to, they came to our, our, our churches for their campaigns. When they are finished, when they finish getting the votes, they, they said we, should, we shouldn't interfere in the, in the politics. It is a lie. The Bible is about politics. So we, uh, from henceforth, every demonstration about Ghana, I will come. I have a car. The roads are very bad. Are you getting me? From Sunday, Sunday to Wednesday, I used 6,000 to buy uh, shops, 
steer rack, board joint and the rest. Are you getting me? So when you look at the hardship in this country, being a citizen, I need to be I need to be part of this demonstration to show my This is you being a citizen and not a spectator. Yes. Uh, his Excellency President Anado Danqua Kofado said that we should be a citizen, not a spectator. So I need to show my citizenship. And if things are very difficult for me, that I cannot pay. I cannot pay my child fees. I cannot buy books. Things are difficult. Uh, I believe that the, so far this government has been a scam, has been a fraud. There's been so many things that have been mismanaged. Uh, there's no accountability, there's no credibility. The people of Ghana are suffering while they are looting and sharing monies between themselves, their family and friends which I believe is not fair to the people of Ghana. I believe that it's just one uh, simple question you need to ask yourself. Look at your living conditions now and compare it to a few years back. How different is it? When you look at inflation rates, it's at an all-time high. If you look at the dollar air, the exchange rates, it's crazy. We are suffering. Petrol prices have been increased. Ghanaians are suffering. And then when you look at the expenses that this government has been doing for their personal interests, at the expense of things like providing hospitals, uh, health care for the citizens. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. So you should just look at how you used to um, live some years back and compare it to now. You realize that people are suffering. There's nothing like even middle class anymore because that has everybody now is in the lower class. Whilst the government and its family members are all in the upper class. Enjoy it. Now, residents of Ashaiman have vowed to protest at the Ministry of Roads and Highways until their terrible roads are fixed. The angry youth say they are bent on making this happen if Assignment Municipal Chief Executive Albert Otre fails to act on demands captured in their petition to President Ekufuado. Now, as early as uh, 6 a.m., the demonstrators started gathering, eager to voice their displeasure about their poor roads in their community. The protest caused heavy vehicular traffic, forcing passengers from neighboring communities, including Klagon, Lashibi, and Ajay Kojo to walk instead. Some residents have been sharing their frustration about the situation. There's no truth in Ashama. The leader, you can't talk plenty, all be lie. The thing they talk, if you, where they, where the posters have they, they write for talk, say from court junction. Court junction like this, like this, like this. You go past police junction, past uh, Methodist junction, go inside. Where you for pass, you don't pass one place F. You there yeah, you don't know where the road good or where no good. From here, from here. That'd be all the asphalt top. The main problem from Newton Junction to uh, police junction. One hour, two hours. Somebody go go take something small, they can't provoke other. Say, oh, you, you know they here, don't do. You know they here, don't do. But if you they drive somebody in car self, you go know what we they talk of. Somebody go give you car, we with me, they do AC, air condition for cars. I feel they drive car. You go hit portals since I know then the motor you go by is poor like. A convener for concerned citizens of Ashaiman, Freeman Chekpo, together with some executives, later presented their petition to Ashaiman Municipal Chief Executive Albert Autry. Even yes, now, we don't have anything to, to show off. In Ashaiman constituency, look at our, our roads. From the, from the back of flats through to Newtown, the, 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 the roads, they are, they, are, they are all bad roads. You take your car, the moment you drive your car three kilometers steps, you must go to the workshop. And prices of goods and papers are also high. 
So that is why today I'm supposed to go to work today. I have good to clear the pot. But because I want to be concerned on this demonstration, that's why I'm here. Sometimes the road, even when you walk on the road, you free waste pens. How much more you sit down in the car? You, 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 you will find, you will find pregnant mothers. Who will join road? Six months pregnancy, three months. Before they'll get to us, they say that the person, I say. Pregnancy is, 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 is getting, I mean, destroyed because of our rules. Now, Municipal Chief Executive of Ashaiman Albert Austri assured them of the government's commitment to addressing their concern. Uh, Ashaiman Newtown Road, you know, uh, it was a package. I had a car, 22, 22, come to 22 in our rules. Uh, contact, I know, indeed. I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm But he has assured me, sir, once the payments get improved, and you see, I'm not only a shaman, why you or other places. Once the payment gets improved, he's going to return to the rules. But you know, the kind of casa. I think that is the reason why we were given the 10 kilometer uh, drain works to begin with uh, road construction. Now, when you may be arguing, Sasha, I say, Basse, yeah, you drink 10 kilometers, and I say, Nina, you go so actually, we'll go far. Yes, we'll go far. And I'm sure, sir, going forward, we will, we will uh, go far. I did back when I said, correct, and I said, Rose in Ashaiman, say a diverting road to be free, Ashaiman, now, in the year 2017. Now, a before the 2016 election so the mc was basically explaining that that the contract there's a contractor who is constructing drains now now if all of those drains later uh, the contractor is able to asphalt and of course ashaiman is moving ahead now he then later said that if there had been any diversion of road in ashaiman it didn't happen in 2017 it probably could have happened before the 2016 elections now joining us uh, on, on the lines now is the member of parliament for uh, ashaiman albert uh, nobe uh, grateful to you for joining us, uh, Ernest Nobe, rather. Uh, grateful to you for joining us. Uh, now, your citizens say that they would, uh, demo- I mean, uh, demonstrate at the highways uh, of ministry to demand that their roads are constructed. Uh, what have you been doing so far since they, they issued this petition? Well, uh, thank you very much. Uh, good evening to your viewers as well. Yes, uh, today was a day that the Consequences have demonstrated against the government about uh, the bad nature of our rules. And then, uh, as the MP, uh, I, I am the voice of the people, and I've also uh, made sure that all these things were stable on the floor of the House. I asked the Minister of Rules and Highways questions about our rules in Nigeria. I've written letters, I've met the ministry, I've met the uh, regional minister concerning our rules, but unfortunately, all these proof shooters. So today, when they started the demonstration at the MP and the representative of the people, I also joined them. And so, we are presenting the petition to the chief of the government. We are hoping and praying uh, that the petition will have the necessary attention of the government so that they can come to our aid 
Now, this sort of uh, this this demonstration started uh, not today. They have been complaining about the poor nature of roads. You have uh, you know raised questions on the floor of Parliament. Nothing is still being done. So, what's the next phase of action that you intend to undertake to ensure that the roads are fixed? Well, for now, the, 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 the only thing that I can do as a member of parliament is to also to only fill the potholes. And that's what I've been doing all this while. Mm. I've been using the common fund and my personal money to do certain uh, rehabilitation at the various uh, areas that we have major I mean, problems. And so that's the only thing I can do. You know, constructing a road or road construction is a major uh, activity. That mm. is uh, the preserve of the central government. Sure. And so if I've done everything possible for, to draw the attention of the central government to the road and they still refuse, the only thing I can do to salvage the situation, I mean, just in a temporary knee-jerk approach, mm. is to just close those problems which I've been doing. Uh, all this while. As I said earlier, I asked questions in Parliament, I spoke to the Minister himself, I tried as much as possible to lobby for the road to be constructed. The Chief Executive told me that some of the aspects of the roads were awarded on contract, but as I speak with you, none of the contractors are on site. I mean, okay. it's on site, so we okay. cannot say anything much about that. Mm. Do I feel you are hopeless about the situation? If you can do this for me in just a minute. You, see, I'm hopeless you, you feel hopeless about the situation? Yes, definitely. That is, that is the situation because don't forget also that the, 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 the issue about uh, a shaman voting for a government that is not in power is also a matter to be discussed. Because that is the situation here. We do everything possible. We pay taxes. We do everything possible under the constitution of the Republic of Ghana as citizens. But because the citizens have chosen one political lineage, the government of the day decided to, I mean, pay death here to our flight. And that is what a staunch, a staunch political activist, a government official, mm told me or told the people of Ashama, and that is what is playing out there. Okay. So it, it, it's a hopeless situation at this point in time. But I hope and pray that in the next government, God willing, when the NDC administration comes to power, all mm. these things will be fixed. Okay, grateful to you. So, uh, NS Nobe is the MP for Ashaiman. And to other stories, and the World Health Organization is calling on the government to urgently recapitalize and expand the national health insurance scheme to cover the substantial expenses associated with renal treatment. Now, patients grappling with kidney failure currently bear the brunt of dialysis costs, amounting to at least 1,000 Ghana cities per week. This exorbitant expense, widely criticized for its prohibitive nature, has unfortunately resulted in premature fatalities. Now, country representative for who, World Health Organization, Dr. Francis Casolo, asserts that the NHIS should shoulder the burden, uh, the burden of dialysis expenses to alleviate the financial strain on patients. We will we'll hear from him shortly. First, listen to some young Ghanaians with kidney failure who are crying for help as they, among others, demand access 
to affordable dialysis treatment. The youngest among them, a 16-year-old girl, Rosemary Bodu, says it has affected her academics. Maxwell Agbaba has the second in a series of stories dubbed Dialysis Crisis. A one-minute silence for some kidney patients who have died between May and September is briefly disrupted by a woman in her 50s. She has kidney failure too and requires dialysis sessions three times a week. Very close to the crying woman are scores of renal patients who have gathered here to mourn and raise awareness about 14 of their members, they say, died after the Kolibu Teaching Hospital restricted dialysis services to only emergency cases after the health facility ran out of supplies. They say through the benevolence of some persons and organizations, their members were getting free dialysis treatment and are now unable to afford the cost in other facilities. I'm 16 years old. Here, I've met the youngest of them all, 16-year-old Rosemary Boydou. She has a kidney failure and requires dialysis treatment three times every week. She says with some health facilities charging as much as 500 Ghana cities, she's unable to afford it. Sometimes, because of the dialysis, I don't go to school on Mondays and Thursdays. I'll come for dialysis. Whenever I go to school, sometimes I'll be confused, especially when they treat mass. I don't understand where they are food. Sometimes we call and ask our friends and neighbors. Sometimes if we get the money, we will come for the life. If we do not get, then we will not go. Mm. Even sometimes what we eat will be is very difficult. Unless I'll be calling people and sometimes I'll not get the money so I have to sleep like this. Mm. Mm. Um, we are pleading with government to help us with the dialysis. We cannot, we cannot pay because of that. We are not able to go for dialysis. And that, that one too is our strength. If we don't do the dialysis, we are suffering. We are pleading them to help us, pay the money for us, so that we can die at least two times or three times a week. I've been on dialysis for the past four years. Yes. Also here is 24-year-old Stacy Adams Benny. She says she has dropped out of school as a result of her struggles with her kidney. Yeah, it's been very, very challenging. I mean, yeah, I'm not getting support from anywhere currently because everyone is financially unstable. My mom is not working at the moment, and. Back home, I mean, things are not really going on well, so it's been very challenging. Mm. Yeah. So, so how do you raise money for that? Um, once a while, friends come in, family members also come in as well. Mm. Once a while, it just comes. When it, when it comes, I go. When it doesn't come, I just stay home. Um, I'll plead on the government to come to our aid at least include dialysis on the NHIS because we are really suffering. People are dying. I believe by doing so, it will reduce the mobility and mortality rate in the country. My yeah. parent died when I was young. Dede Mensa has lost her mother and father. She's unemployed. She's sometimes compelled to go weeks without dialysis. I was schooling at Bryce Senior High and I had kidney failure, I said I have to come home. When I came home, I told my sister about it. We came to Kolebu. They diagnosed me at Kolebu. So 
they put me on the machine. Sometimes we beg. The man won't get the money. If he get the money, I'll come for dialysis. But if he doesn't get, I'll be in the house. So because of that, I don't drink water. I don't eat. Even when I'm thirsty, I'll be down drink. Because I know if I drink, I'll suffer so I won't drink. Limited access to affordable dialysis treatment has put immense pressure on Rosemary, Stacy, and Dede. Their stories mirror that of thousands of persons with kidney condition, emphasizing the urgent need for better health care support and accessible treatment options. Their stories highlight the importance of affordable health care and support systems for those dealing with chronic illnesses. Maxwell Ababa, join us. We can now listen to the country representative for the World Health Organization, Dr. Francis Casolo, who believes it is urgent the NHRA considers expanding its reach to absorb the cost of renal treatment. See and discuss with the colleagues who are uh, in the, um, uh, um, for example, Kolebu, to understand the reason for the increase. But like I mentioned, if our health insurance is strong, it can mitigate the cost of even renal care if the renal care is one of the ben- on the benefit package of the health insurance. So it is for us to really support the health insurance and to ensure that services such as renal services are included in the benefit package of the health insurance to mitigate the out-of-pocket uh, expenditures that we are beginning to see increase. And if that works, then we will uh, have solved part of the problem of increasing out-of-pocket expenditure that we see with the, uh, the dialysis uh, 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 costs. We work with the government and we're working, for example, with also the uh, uh, National Health Insurance Scheme. Now, senior lecturer and nephrologist at the Kwame Nkrumah University of Science and Technology School of Medicine and Dentistry, Dr. Elliot Granting Tano, says nearly 90% of Ghanaian kidney failure patients who desperately need dialysis don't have access to this life-saving treatment. This is according to his yet-to-be-published study titled 50 Years of Hemodialysis in Ghana, Current Status, Utilization, and Cost of Dialysis Services. Dr. Tano spoke on the Super Morning Show. What we see in the clinics are so small as compared to what we think is the main problem. Mm. Because these people happen to be in Accra, they know 37, they know Kolebu. And could you how about those who are in the Upper East, Upper West region, who probably will be going through the same symptoms yeah. and be told that, oh, it is, you know, uh, 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 some something that they did wrong in terms of uh, or whatever it is that they mm-hmm. see. So probably they don't even uh, care to get into the health facility. So, so far as the numbers are concerned, like you rightly said, we believe that some 13% of our population have some form of kidney disease. So if we are assuming averagely we are about over 30 million, some 4 million of us, 4 million mm. of us have some form of kidney disease here in Ghana. Now the key thing is that this majority of the 4 million Chances are that will be fine. They might not even get kidney disease right, or get kidney failure, I should say, and need dialysis. But there's a chunk that might end up doing that. And as per our ballpark figures that we put together in that paper, in the sense that we believe some 15,000 people might end up, you know, requiring hmm. uh, kidney replacement therapy or dialysis. Now, as per some 
survey that we did, I mean, not long ago, in terms of finding out how many people are currently on dialysis across the country, it's not even up to 2,000. So what that means is that there is a chunk of people who would need dialysis and are not getting it in other areas. So what it means is that there is a bigger problem than we see it. And we probably may need to attack it from that angle. As we're watching Johnny's Prime still to come here, the Wa Circuit Court has jailed a popular wedding MC in Wa Rashid Amen Anata to a prison term of 22 years for defiling 10 girls. Charlie, what number? The malaria really knocked you down, eh? Charlie, no joke. Fever, headache, vomiting, loss of appetite. I couldn't even eat my usual fufu. <laughs> you and your fufu. But I hope you got tested before the malaria treatment. Yes, I did. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out malaria one time. When malaria strikes, take Mala 2, containing Arthometer and Lumefantrin. Comes in tablets and suspension for effective treatment of malaria. Great to have you back. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. Mala 2 is suitable for adults and children. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. It feels like becoming an entrepreneur aside academics is never going to be possible when you're in school. Mainly because we feel that we are young and we don't have the resources and the guts to be one. But if you believe in yourself and you have the passion to become an entrepreneur, then you already are. Staying ahead in a highly competitive environment requires applying creativity and innovation to every aspect of your journey to becoming an entrepreneur. Presently, entrepreneurship is driven by creativity and innovation to attain business objectives. The explosion in technology, business, entrepreneurship and consumption in this new era is as a result of the ongoing application of innovation. Milton Bell once said, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. So, if you are ready to be an entrepreneur, Heritage Christian College is ready for you. Heritage Christian College moves you from a wantrepreneur to become an entrepreneur. About one-third of a million people live with HIV in Ghana. Close to 10,000 of them die each year, mostly as a result of a lack of antiretroviral drugs and adherence. In fact, close to 57% of children under 14 years living with HIV do not receive antiretroviral drugs, again as a result of inadequate funds to provide them with medication. Life expectancy for these children is grim. The big worry, close to 16,300 people are newly infected with HIV each year. With this alarming rate of HIV infections, all of us are in danger. And Ghana is headed for an epidemic explosion if nothing is done now to avert it. While the Ghana AIDS Commission is working hard to overturn the situation, the Commission urgently needs funding support from corporate Ghana and individuals to save lives. 
We are therefore appealing to you, corporate entities and individuals, to support the National HIV and AIDS Fund by dialing star 9898-HASH on MTN and Vodafone and follow the prompts or pay into the National HIV and AIDS Fund account number 101-863-161-3233, Bank of Ghana. Your donation will be used to prevent new infections and provide care for people living with HIV, including children affected by AIDS. For further information, please call Ghana AIDS Commission on 302 919260 or email info at ghana Give to save a life today. Ghana AIDS Commission partnering to eliminate HIV and AIDS. Hello, my name is Abeku Agri Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bag. I love hanging out with my boys' boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still the job better with EcoBank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, she never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving. <laughs> Welcome to the smart world of Ecobank. Download Ecobank Mobile from Google Play Store or the App Store and discover the smart way to bank. Ecobank, the Pan African Bank. In life, choice is good, but choice plus safety is way better. Your safety and comfort is paramount. Under the cylinder recirculation model, you can buy LPG in a safe environment. All cylinders are inspected and maintained to the best safety standards, so your safety is assured. Just take your empty cylinder to the nearest exchange point and swap it for a filled cylinder. Different cylinder sizes will be available to meet your pocket size. Imagine cooking in a smoke-free environment. This will improve the health and well-being of you and your family. Choose LPG in a safer model of distribution. Cylinder recirculation model. Securing your safety. Creating more jobs. A message from the National Petroleum Authority under the patronage of the Ministry of Energy. Daddy? Daddy? This tank is big! Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow! Has a working surface on it. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S I N T E X syntax. That is so true, my daughter. When it falls down, it will spoil. That's not true. But why? Why? Syntex <laughs> was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? 
Welcome back from the break. Now, the War Circuit Court has jailed a popular wedding MC in Wa Rashid Amin Anata to a prison term of 22 years for defiling 10 girls. Rashid, who pleaded not guilty to trial for 10 counts of defilement, Joe News' Upper West Regional Correspondent Rafiq Salam was in court and our reports from Wa. They have never been weighing in the interest of the public regarding the case of the disgraced 35 year old wedding MC. Rashid Ahmed, better known by admirers as Anata, he was accused of having carnal knowledge of 10 minors and charged 10 counts of defilement laced in four dockets. He has also denied all charges against him. As usual of him, Anata arrived at the Wasekut court wearing his ritual Egyptian traditional orange strip garment. He stood motionless with his hands strapped at his back. Was the presiding judge, Jonathan Abu, read out the 70 minutes judgment. The first docket involved three minors and contained six counts of defilement. The second docket also involved three minors and three counts of defilement, while the third docket has one minor involved and one count of defilement. The fourth docket was, however, arrested by the prosecution. He was found guilty of all counts by the court and sentenced to a combined prison sentence of 69 years. The disgraced sexual predator will however serve combined prison term of 22 years as explained by the principal state attorney, Said Abdul Shakur, who also led the prosecution. Now, her journey began in defiance, battling hunger and homelessness to pursue education against her father's wishes for a life in farming. Today, Naomi provides not just shelter, but a sense of family to children from diverse backgrounds, defying all odds and economic challenges. Here is Naomi's story of hope. It is dinner time at the Royal Seed Home, a shelter at Papasi in the central region. 80 hungry mouths are ready to be fed. Meet Naomi, the lifeline to hundreds of street and special needs children who might have otherwise been left without a home. We have been getting the children from the Department of Social Welfare to the home now. And as I'm talking with you now, having almost 70, 75 children, we got to know that some of them has epilepsy, and some of them has a little bit mentally challenged, and some of them are child, they are children in need that they cannot do anything. Some also has a stroke. As I'm talking with you now, I'm having a baby which is six, seven to eight months who has a stroke. But Naomi's journey to becoming their savior was not an easy one. 26 years ago, she battled hunger and homelessness because she defied her father's wishes to pursue an education. The father wanted her to be a farmhand, but she wanted to do more than just farming. Naomi, from a poverty-stricken background, longed for a brighter future. She rebelled and enrolled in a vocational institute in Kaswa, but was often forced to spend lonely nights on the streets. Because of this. Uh, in 1993, it was 9,000, but now we call it nine cities. So I end up in gates, I have to be sacked from school, 
and I became a street girl for some days, three, four days. So through that, I asked myself, when I was crying, crying, hungry, thirsty, if I didn't die and I survived, what can I do to serve my siblings on streets who are in this situation? After graduation, she worked as a hairdresser, but she became passionate about taking care of homeless and vulnerable children because of her personal experience. In 1997, Naomi founded the Royal Seed Home, which now spans an expansive 20 acres of land. It has become a sanctuary for children from diverse backgrounds, a place where they find not just shelter, but also a sense of family. The children here looked happy and at home. So much so that many of them, who were abandoned by their biological families, have refused to go back. I came to Royal Seed Home at the age of three years. I was a street child. I was living with my dad, but my dad was a drunker. So someone saw me and brought me to Royal Seed Orphanage Home. So I completed my JHS at Royal Seed Orphanage Home and completed my SHS at Accra Technical Training Center, which I offered uh, auto, uh, auto body repair, which is car spring. And I later completed Takrade Technical University, which I offered automobile engineering, and I completed 2020. So I feel like I'm living with my own family. All my life, I've been, I've been staying with people from one people to from one family to another family all in search of survival. The last family I stayed with was not liking the idea of me going to school because that that wasn't the, the mission or that wasn't their perspective you know of taking me. They wanted me to work. But I wanted to go to school too. So it became a, uh, it turned to a problem for me an issue. So my teachers taught it twice. So they took me to the, near, the nearest police station, that was Castle Police Station. You know. And through that, I found myself in Royal City. You know. Well, <laughs> I just thank God for everything because there is no load on my shoulder, and let's just say that way. And for a year, I get what I want. Since I'm not staying with my parents, so life been in my life stage, it's okay for me. But for me, now, Missy and her family, what they are doing for me is more than what my parents can do. Now, will Prosec Legon make it their eighth trophy, or will we'll have another school claim the bragging right as a quest to finding next champion of the National Science and Math Quiz begins today? Now, uh, we have been with the team and uh, we'll be engaging uh, how things are. It's that time where all the schools converge at one place for the National Science and Math Quiz. We are right here at the Kwame Nkrumah University of Science and Technology where we have about 56 schools arriving for the preliminary contest of the 2023 edition of the National Science and Math Quiz. So let's have an interaction with most of the students who are arriving today to get to know the expectations, um, how far and how well they have prepared for this contest. Me here, I have students from St. Monica's um, Secondary School. Hello, ladies. How are you? Yeah, fine. Thank you. You look like you're shy. <laughs> you're here for, um, starting with the preliminaries. How well are you prepared for it? I'll start with you. 
we are well prepared and we are just hoping for the best. We have been learning throughout for three, almost three years now, and then we are hoping that it will come out well for us. All right. But my big question: um, any school um, here that you see as a threat to um, the competition that you are about to contest for? Because sometimes you be like, "Hey, this school is like, eh, we might not be able to conquer them." But let, let me know which which school do you think is a threat to you? Well, for me, it's Yellow Kobo, but we are hoping that Yellow Kobo. Why Yellow Kobo? Looking at their performance at the regional championship, they did really well. They were very impressive. It's kind of like a threat. A threat to you. Right, what about you? Do you think it's so Yellow Kobo? Yes. Okay, what about you? Okay, me, I don't really have a chat in terms of the skills. I believe we are going to face the questions. So if the questions are suitable for us, then we are winning. We don't have any chats. I've got a couple of them. It's not a couple. All the contestants are here. So um, can you tell me your name? I'll start with you. Butchie Bright. Bright and? James Kess. And? Steven. Steven. Okay. Um, can you give it to him? Steven. All right. So... How has it been for you so far? Um, last year, you got to you, you got to the preliminary stage. You got knocked out. This year, you are back. What is different this time around? Let me start with you. Oh, we are hoping you should qualify from uh, the prelims to one eighth or quarterfinals. That's why we are here. Not the main finale. You don't want to qualify for the main finale. Oh. If by the God gifts we qualify there, we will thank that God who helped us. Okay. You contested three years ago. How was it for you? How has it been? Wait, how has life been for you? Normal. It didn't come with any pressure and all that. But what were some of the lessons that you learned? Which was three years ago? Two years. Two years ago, 2021. So how has it been for you so far? Actually, it was the first time for the school. So... Preparation wasn't what I did. Oh, we'll take a break here on Prime. We'll be back with uh, Showbiz. A capenu, a ya, a nutrient too for say a bibber otadia. Padia un san cotonu impiru na me kanfu SCP amam SCP ewo tema shahel ewo na factory kesie no esi enye na ape pavement blocks boss and kasankasa ena die di si den biara no okwa shahela SCP ebe ma obi se o pese o si udan na pete ogu concrete enya fina ko to cement akopa bo akopa nwa o fre SCP ya card concrete ya messen de dawe quality cement wom on the good camera amount. So, what am I? A fiena, Dodova, a flower, bong, and in Patemoy Nara, your office. I was Princess Road, the Nipapaya restaurant in the Dimshadim. For SCP was 0501 672 608. Anato free number 0800 
Totally, the all-natural fruit juice. This outfit is FD. Luck is everywhere, for everyone, yeah. Nurses, barbers, drivers, bouncers, friends, teachers, bankers, the luckiest. You could be the luckiest. Investment Limited. Welcome back. Time for us to bring you showbiz. And you know what? My my dearest dear is That's here. That's right. I miss I, you. I miss you a lot. Good you know, to see you. Good to see you. Yeah. When yeah. I was home, I was watching and I was like, ah, I need to be here to see my dear. <laughs> Well, you're Have here. It. You didn't even give me a hug. Oh, I... Don't worry, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But let's begin with Maoli Gabo, who okay. was the latest um, guest on Celebis with Amelie Jusu. And basically, he's, he's been talking about entrepreneurship in Ghana mm. and how our system here doesn't support young entrepreneurs to thrive. Not for business in Ghana. Yeah. I'm going to need like three hours to talk <laughs> <laughs> Um... It's very strange. I won't lie. Ghana isn't very. Uh, we don't provide the kind of fertile ground that you that you would need to sort of come in and, and flourish as a business, especially as young business owners mm-hmm. who are just trying to, to to make it. It's not like I have unlimited money or anything. Mm-hmm. So I won't lie. Ghana is not that hospitable in that way. Yeah. However, if you can find a way to persevere through those obstacles, then the business opportunities are immense and they're great. So I'm not going to lie and say, oh, it's easy. You can just breeze in yeah. and do whatever you want. But if you can just persevere. Um, the results are amazing. I'll give you a practical example. When we started building this place, uh, I started when dollar was one is to six. Mm-hmm. And we spent a few months building this space. I started when dollar was one is to six. When I finished building, dollar was one is to 14.6. Mm-hmm. So I started from one is to six, ended at one is to 14.6. Which means that whatever I was using to buy $10,000 back in the day, now I'm Everything having to use to, more yeah. than double yeah. to buy that same $10,000. Which is absolutely insane, and you wouldn't find that in a lot of places. And mm-hmm. for the most part, usually that would cripple any business plan. Yeah. So that was Maoli Gabo. But for Maoli, let's move to another actor. Well, he's an actor and a fashion Business designer. Man. Oh, okay. Businessman. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Ali Kem, the tailor. Mm-hmm. Well, he is actually encouraging people to take up uh, entrepreneurship and also tells the story of how his entrepreneurship journey started. Mm-hmm. Um, same Legon, mm. level 300. Okay. My dad had passed away. This was maybe like some eight to ten years now. Mm. My mom is doing well for me and my little brother to go to school. He had also started the University of Science and Technology by then, I think. So it was hard for everyone. So I deferred one year of the course. I was like, Charlie, I'm not going to fit again. Oh. Maybe I'll continue school some other time. Maybe not, but I don't have money now. Wow. I went home. Wow. While I was home, I started thinking, now this is one thing you and the kids at home need to know, that it's important to embrace failure. Mm. It's important to embrace the downsides of your life. It's important to, I mean, cry over it, um, be sad, think about it. But once you start thinking of the problem, 
ah, I'm not going to be able to go to school again. I'm deferring. Start thinking about the solution. So in thinking of the solution, this is the quote I have in this area, that in adversity, a man finds himself. Mm. When you're down, you're low, you're in trouble, things are not going well for you, that's the time you might find yourself if you pay attention. Mm. And that's where fashion was birthed. So I like making clothes. I, I like looking different. Mm -hmm. So I go to Cantaman to get some small money, buy a shirt, mm -hmm. change the buttons. I didn't know what I was doing. I'll put some African print on the side. I'll write my name. Mm. I'll just wear it. Next thing I know, I'm walking around town and somebody, hey, your shirt is nice. Mm, so, hey, Elikem, hey, who made it for you? Oh, myself. Oh, ah, what? Oh, it's nice. Oh, Charlie, do something for me. Eh? Now his friends are calling me. Charlie, the shirt, the bill. This is how my business has transformed over the years. Really? Yeah, yeah. Nice story. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Can you give us more of that? Yeah. I, I love that you story. Love stories like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. Try. Because there are a lot of people who are at their lowest ebb. They right. need to be motivated. Right. You know? Absolutely. All right. Thanks for having me. That'd be your Yeah. Time. Thanks for coming. Yeah. That's Noella Karin Yale for you. Well, before we wrap the or we wrap the bulletin with some live pictures from today's Occupy BOG protest by the minority. Do enjoy this. Prime business is up next. Unforgettable moments in their life. Okay, I said that. I'd like to talk about my first time. It was her natural look, complemented by her favorite green silky apparel that caught my attention. I have to say, she automatically possessed me with her smile, which exposed her beautiful white teeth. That's not all. Her enduring signature perfume could be smelled from afar. Madam, why do you look so surprised? My first time with her was special and irresistible. I'm talking about Cindy Rice. Cindy Rice can be found in selected supermarkets nationwide. Everybody loves Cindy Rice. Sweet aroma. Great taste. This advert is FDA approved.
Even more mula by staking from one Ghana city to 350 Ghana cities, and you could win 26 times your stake on the exciting new pick one game from Game Park. Play by dialing star 946 hash on all networks via our website or download the Game Park app on www.gameparkgames.com. Choose your pick one number from 1 to 36, place your stake. And watch our live draws on Adum TV at 9 a.m., 12 p.m., and 6 p.m. daily. Hey, live light like me with Game Park. Game Park, more mula, more power. This game is regulated by the National Lottery Authority, not for persons under 18. Play responsibly. Okay. Don't worry, darling. I won't touch your calipo, okay? Okay. Hey, papa. Should I leave some for you? It's okay, Grandma. You can drink it all. Oh, coffee. I brought plenty for you. Then you know that that calipo, the natural fruit juice drink. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the... Segment is brought to you by Ecobank, the Pan African Bank. It's time you switch to Bell Park today. Now, and the Bank of Ghana has stated its resolve to roll out an effective digital currency, ECD, despite the delay. This comes after the central bank rescheduled the launch of the digital currency in 2022 due to the economic instability. Head of FinTech and Innovation at the Bank of Ghana, Kwame Opong, spoke to Joy Business at the African Money and DeFi Summit 2023, where a hackathon was launched to develop innovative solutions. The Africa Money and DeFi Summit is a platform to connect industry leaders from the African fintech and emerging technology space with many international players. 
with Africa becoming a major player on the global financial scene and increasing adoption of financial technologies, the African continent has become a fertile ground for financial innovation and emerging technologies such as cryptocurrencies. Hence, the need for dialogues to harmonize and create new opportunities for fintechs and traditional players. On rolling out an effective digital currency to support financial inclusion, head of fintech and innovation at the Bank of Ghana, Kwame Opon, had this to say. As the governor mentioned at the 111th um, MPC briefing, currently the decision as to when to potentially introduce ECD is yet to be determined. It's important that first things are handled first. You don't want to introduce a new variable within a certain climate. But the most important thing is that uh, exploration and research, and as you see with the sandbox or with the sandboxing of the ECD and a hackathon, are things that are part of the steps towards understanding and making sure that a future ECD will be relevant, will be safe, and would also actually come to near to the benefits of the overall sector. So at the right time, I'm sure the leadership of the bank will make a launch of a hackathon by the Bank of Ghana to develop innovative solutions to specific situations in which the ECD could potentially be used. Within this context, we will be leveraging the creativity of young developers in Ghana and innovators in developing use cases for a potential future ECD. This is really a way of, first of all, demonstrating our commitment to the fact that we bring or we think of the ECD as an enabler of the broader ecosystem as opposed to a competing product. But even most importantly, it would also show that indeed there is creativity, talent and potential here in this country to solve our local problems. Andrew Fasnich, founder of the Africa Money and DeFi Summit, explained the need for regulators on the African bloc to catch up with emerging technology. The other side about decentralized finance and crypto, whether regulators agree or disagree, it's happening. So if people are losing money in their local currencies and they don't trust the local currency, they're going to find other alternatives, and that is happening. So unfortunately, the genie is out of the bottle. Uh, there is no going back. I think the regulators obviously have to catch up in terms of what happens. And there has to be protection. You know, I'm, I'm not here telling people to go and buy crypto. What I'm saying, as an industry, I think um, but there has to be protections in place. The summit, which was held under the theme, catalyzing the financial revolution in Africa, aims to converge fintechs and cryptocurrencies to contribute to the financial growth of the continent and explore new opportunities in a rapidly expanding market. Now, the Chamber of Aquaculture has disclosed that fish farmers along the water lake have lost live fish stock worth over 46 million cities due to the spillage of water from the Akosombo Dam. The Water River Authority opened the dam recently to ensure that the hydropower plant is not damaged as a result of the rising water levels. The following report has more. The spillage, according to the Chamber of Aquaculture of Ghana, has caused massive destruction to the assets and investment of cage farmers operating along the Volta Lake. Over 500 cages have been destroyed. Cage farmers lost their fish stock, brood stock, and fingerlings. In addition, some hatcheries situated close to the Volta River bank have been submerged. 
The chamber disclosed that a number of its members and other cage farmers operating on the Volta River have lost an estimated 46 million cedars worth of investment as a result of the spillage from the dam. It added that the current spillage has washed away fish farming assets to the estuary at Adan, destroying them beyond repairs. This could, in the coming weeks, affect the supply of fish to consumers in the southern parts of the country. Now, the National Pensions Regulatory Authority says government has now cleared all outstanding Tier 1 and 2 pension contributions ending August 2023. It's coming after the Financial Stability Review report revealed that government has defaulted on contributions from October last year to March 2023. The Chief Executive Officer of the Authority, Hayford Atta Krofi, explained that the government wanted to finalize the debt exchange program before all necessary payments are made. Last year, at the inception of the domestic debt exchange, uh, government had to restructure its debt. And of course, that meant that it had a lot of impact on its commitment towards uh, all sectors of the economy, including pensions. So there were some delays in the payment of Tier 1 and Tier 2 contributions. Now. The first phase of the domestic debt exchange came to a close and the second phase opened. Remember, pension funds didn't want to participate, so there was an ongoing discussion between government and pension funds. And then in the second phase, pension funds participated, which closed in August. And all contributions, all arrears, you know, that was old pension funds, was then cleared by government. So as we speak right now, is it ending July, ending September, all the necessary SNIT Tier 1, Tier 2 contributions has been done by government? Well, there will always be some delays. You know, there will always be some delays. But there is absolutely no way that government will default. But as at the 28th of October, when the second phase of the domestic debt exchange closed, all commitments of government to pension funds, and it was to the tune of about 2.33 billion Ghana cities, which was paid to pension funds. That, that takes it up to the end of June, that takes it up to end of July, or that takes it up to when, please? It was, it was uh, August. Throughout all jurisdictions, that is always the case. But there is absolutely no way that government will default on its commitment towards pensions. You don't, you don't see that. Some would say that an up-to-date payment would have helped a lot if it hadn't been with detection program. The issue about delays in meeting these contributions has always come up. And so the concern is that for you as a regulator, what is being done to ensure that at least there could be a month gap in terms of the up-to-date payment when it comes to all these payments? The law says it should be paid on the 14th of the ensuing month. And if it is not paid, obviously there will be some value loss. And that is why the law has built in a 3% penalty that has to be paid on top of the principal that needs to be paid. And that is how the law works to ensure that... Uh, contributors are not shortchanged when it comes to uh, pension payments. Today we are talking about government because there, there's a concern there. What is being done to ensure that all the players also meet their payment obligations to ensure that the scheme is sustained? Yeah. Of 
course, as I said, there will always be delays. There may be some who may even avoid. There are those who may even default because some will claim, especially with Tier 2, that we don't even know that Tier 2 is mandatory and so on and so forth. Now, both the regulator and the Tier 1 managers, which is SNED, have... Uh, uh, powers to prosecute and these powers are being utilized in, uh, in, in full force to ensure that those who do not pay on time, those who, who default are prosecuted and as of now tier 1 and tier 2 defaulters, as many of them are in the courts and they are facing prosecution. And, and, and this amount that was paid in August, any idea about the exact amount that was paid? Uh, well, the, the, the government's commitment yeah. to pension funds was 2.33 billion Ghana cities. And do you think that enough is being done on your part as a regulator to ensure that the, the scheme would deal with the sustainability concerns that has come up in terms of the scheme itself? Of course, as, as regulators, you, all, you have to be on top of your game you know, in terms of how you regulate and, 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 and monitor the, the you know, industry. Of course, we use technology, we use some kind of, uh, uh, I would say, sometimes moral situation, especially in circumstances where uh, you have to put in some regulatory forbearance to ensure that the, you don't leave your industry too far behind, you carry them along with you and you bring in innovations and a whole lot of uh, technology that can also help your industry to keep alongside with you. Yeah, so as, as regulators, we're doing the best that we can under the circumstances, but you cannot rest on your oars because naturally as the industry grows up, there will be institutions which will avoid, there will be institutions which will lag behind, there will be institutions which will be doing the right thing. So you always have to keep up with it. And that's why I would say as regulators, we have developed a new technology which we call the risk based supervision. That is also helping us in real time to see what the risks are in the industry and then to see how we can mitigate them and where we cannot mitigate and there are say residual risk we use inspections and sometimes even penalties and other forms of sanctions to bring everybody up to speed. Again, going forward again, what has been the level of engagement with government to ensure that as time goes on we reduce the time lag for meeting these contributions to the scheme when it comes to tier one and tier two the engagement is regular we go to the minister of finance we go to the controller uh, and, and 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 have discussions especially when we have complaints from the public sector schemes that and, and here talking about the public sector schemes we're talking SNIT here we're also talking about the for example the teacher scheme the civil servant scheme the the doctors and nurses scheme the judicial service and other public service workers schemes these are the public sector schemes that government is mainly uh, a, a strong uh, employer and that is where sometimes some of these delays will come from. So when we have complaints from them, then we will approach government and see how best we can uh, work through that. Now, banking consultant Dr. Richmond Atuahene is making a strong case for government to be heavy on international remittances in restoring stability within the economy. According to him, this could aid in the exchange rate regime in the country. He spoke earlier on the marketplace. I mean, in the beginning statement, you made a very good analysis that the city has tumbled 
It's all trembling because the supply and demands, the differences between the supplier and demands. Unfortunately, other jurisdictions have tapped on remittances to balance the book. A typical case is Bangladesh, uh, even Sri Lanka. It depends so much on these remittances, which is immigrant remittances, and it has helped the countries like Bangladesh to stabilize. And I believe that if Shugana adopt the model that we have with Bangladesh or Jordan and even other jurisdictions in South Asia, we'll be able to bring in more to be able to cushion the, the currency which has been tumbling all the time. Because the data shows that even from the World Bank, from the Ghana Bank of, uh, Bank of Ghana data, the remittances are far more exceedingly above than even cocoa or gold. Last year, cocoa was 863 million US dollars. Remittances, according to Bank of Ghana data, was 2.3 billion, which actually came to the other authorized dealer banks. Let alone if you move it further to look at the data from World Bank office, we're talking about 4.7 billion, which is far more exceedingly than cocoa, gold, and what have you. So that is the reason why we need to tackle it as if we we're going to tackle it to support the currency. Unfortunately, the remittances is one is the largest. I mean, if you take its largest, it's bigger than all the, the inflows that come into the country. But we have not made a conscious effort, a conscious effort to track, track and capture all these remittances into our balance of payments position. If we do that, I believe Ghana stand, will stand tall. He also took a swipe at the government for the lack of data in tracking the monetary value of remittance inflow into the country. You know, currently, the World Bank data tells you that 4.7, and we only record 2.3. So definitely, it is something to do with the data capturing. Right. Data capturing. Because if you're not capturing the, the quality data, then there will always be discrepancies. Because if you license all these fintech, the MTNs, especially the MTN, the Vodafone, those who, who are supposed to get a chunk of the foreign currency, but at the end of the day, they only look at the city. They don't look at, nobody is tracking the, 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 the foreign, component, foreign currency component, which is a very dangerous, uh, because previously, uh, from my experience, in the, in the, in the uh, I think 2008, 2009, when I used to be a dealer of a bank, treasurer, we used to buy foreign currency from uh, ADB, at that time Western Union. They were the source of it. And we could buy as much as $25 million to support oil imports. And it didn't impact on the Google. So we can always all the time make money. And I'm saying that if we should look at the policy issues like data not comparing with World Bank and we address the net systems, especially those in fintech, if they are in or those in the telecos, if they are in it, who is taking care of the foreign currency? Because the question is that CD is Ghanaian currency, but the dollar is foreign. So somebody to take the foreign currency, give the CD, and you will be paid a certain commission of what you have done, and then repatriate the difference to other Bank of Ghana or to the authorized dealer bank. This is only one of the policy issues. There are a couple of them. There are about 10 of them that needs to be added. 
Our managing partner at Ismail Yamsen and associate Michael Harry Yamsen has called on policymakers to develop a regulatory framework that will facilitate smooth intra-African trade. According to him, a careful consideration of the regulatory framework will be critical in removing trade hurdles and boost the competitiveness of Ghanaian businesses. He has been speaking at the launch of the report on diagnostic analysis of Ghana's African Continental Free Trade Agreement Preparedness, commissioned by the UPSA Law School. The report on diagnostic analysis of Ghana's African Continental Free Trade Agreement Preparedness is a project produced by Ishmael Yamsing and Associates and commissioned by the UPSA Law School. The project seeks to assess Ghana's readiness for the African Continental Free Trade Agreement. The report details how Ghana's policy framework and regulations will enable Ghanaian businesses benefit from the regional trade agreement. The report also touched on requirements needed by industry as well as small and medium companies to stay competitive. Managing Director at Ishmael Yamsing and Associates, Michael Harry Yamsin, had this to say. The idea for, for the report was to confirm whether Ghana as the host of the AFCFTA, having the Secretariat here, um, is also indeed put its house in order and is ready to, to implement, to be a leading example of implementation of the protocols that have already been um, put into effect across the region. Now, for each protocol, there are various elements, and for each element, there are implications for laws, there are implications for regulations, and there are implications as far as national policies are concerned. Mr. Yamsing further called for ease in documentation and access to information to harmonize trade. It is a fact that um, for most people who are engaged in trade, um, just the number of forms that you have to fill to get your product through the customs, to get your product out of the jurisdiction, and then when you enter into the next jurisdiction, it, it should be possible for us to sit in Ghana and know that container number X has been logged in Abidjan as destined for Takradi port or Tema port or Buankrano and therefore be able to receive it and simply confirm what is in it um, and, and do so in a very simplified one-stop shop approach. Today it is not so. Kofi Abuchi is the dean of the UPSA Law School. Let me also say that this is supposed to be a preparatory report, a report to indicate how prepared we are. So we appreciate what you said about the fact that it is not, a, it is not an event, it's a process. But in the process, there must be commencement, and I think this is really to check how ready we are to commence that process. The theme of the report is Diagnostic Analysis of Ghana's After Preparedness, a review of the legal policy and regulatory framework for the implementation of the African Continental Free Trade Agreement in Ghana. Now, business leadership expert, Professor Enoch Opokwenchi, is calling for some regulation to ensure goods and services are priced appropriately for customers to get value for money in their purchases. According to him, the country's free market concept has been to the disadvantage 
of customers who want to acquire an item, especially in the food sector. Speaking at this year's EB Connect series in Accra, Professor Entry stressed on the need for food vendors to be regulated accordingly. The September EB Connect series by the Enterprise Bureau was under the theme Meeting Business Demands Through Strategic Partnerships and Collaboration. This is in line with the objective to support small businesses in many ways to attract partnerships and expand. Giving the keynote speech, lecture and leadership expert Professor Inokupokwenchi advised Ghanaian SMEs not to take advantage of the unregulated business environment to have smart customers. He called on government to enact some form of regulation to ensure fair pricing. I think that the government should have a regulation. If you go to any mall and you buy, the prices are set on that. You buy, you are paying taxes. Those on the roadside are not paying taxes, even that they are not being honest to the customer. Why? If they are selling, uh, you know, Olonka of Gary, they have mangled the Olonka in such a way that it's not up to the Olonka. If the anything that people are selling, if it is tomatoes, they have some grass under the, the you know, the, the basket, and then they put their little tomatoes. So they pour it quick as if, you, you know, you think that is the whole, the whole basket was full of tomatoes, but no, half is grass. So why do we do this? And the government should regulate that because the average customer is being cheated. Managing partners first code management services, Ken Kujosav highlighted the importance of such service to the business community. A lot seems to be happening in the space. However, there are still some gaps that need to be filled. And then I think most of the attention and focus is going towards financing and financial support to startups and entrepreneurs. But we notice over time people need a lot more than that. They need direction, they need focus, and then they need their hands to be held along the path. And so we put together events like this and we, we definitely get people who come on board and they have experiences to share. They have some knowledge to pass on and then they have lessons to learn as well. So it's always exciting to get um, resource persons, to get experts and to get other leaders to come and then look at how they can help people navigate the, um, challenging, the challenges that they face in the business environment. The Enterprise Bureau Connect series is a monthly activity aimed at supporting the growth of the SME sector. Now, leading distributor of electronics and home appliances, Electroland Ghana Limited, has emerged as the only distributor of TCL appliances on the Ghanaian market. The exclusive distribution right was reviewed in a strategic partnership announcement alongside a customer engagement in Kumasi. There's more in the following report. In the competitive and fast advancing electronic industry, Electroland Ghana Limited has become the only source of TCO products on the local market. The partnership will afford Electroland Ghana space to distribute TCO customer electronics, including televisions, air conditioners, washing machines, refrigerators, and sound bars to homes, offices, and industries. The announcement events included customer engagement to address potential challenges and seek recommendations. Marketing and retail manager of TCL, Dennis Fixen Lai, indicates the partnership will expand reach. Electroland is arguably when not if not the best distributor, one of the best we have in the country. TCL partnered with Electroland because we wanted to reach more people. We wanted to give viewing experience, better listening experience, and better feeling experience. TCL is not here just to make money. TCL is here to inspire greatness among the youth. We can use that through, to do that through Electroland. So if you're under the sound of my voice, I advise you that, yes, people are frauding people, people are taking people's monies 
on, on social media, physically and all. Please, if you want quality TCL products by walking to any Electroland shop. According to the National Sales Manager of Electroland Ghana Limited, Vincent Azanbiok, the partnership will provide a diverse range of services to customers. We have products that are tailor-made for all sorts of life. Uh, anywhere you find yourself, whether you are a premium customer, whether you, 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 your budget is, is a bit low or is a medium income budget, we find, we make sure that we have a product for you. So that's why we have a diversity in our brands, diversity in our products as well. So we're always excited when we're able to add a brand such as TCL to our lineup. Ashanti Regional Manager of Electroland Ghana, Hadi Naji, assures of commitment to deliver high quality products. That was that was uh, choosing TCL, it was based on the quality assurance we usually give to our clients. Uh, as my colleague, the TCL uh, market manager was, uh, was referring to the 98 inches, for example, uh, TCL is number one in the world and in different uh, televisions also they are top two. So it is uh, quality is assured to the public of Ghana. Clinton, your boss reports back to you. And that's how we wrap up prime business for you. There's more news on myjoyonline.com forward slash business. Up next is Razak Musba with Prime Sports. Stay on. Was brought to you by Ecobank, the Pan African Bank. It's time you switch to Bell Park today. It's Charlie, what number? The malaria will not be down, eh? Charlie, no joke. Fever, headache, vomiting, loss of appetite. I couldn't even eat my usual fufu. <laughs> You and your fufu, but I hope you got it tested before the malaria treatment. Yes, I did. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out malaria one time. When malaria strikes, take Malatu, containing Arthometer and Lumefantrin. Comes in tablets and suspension for effective treatment of malaria. Great to have you back. Thank you. No problem. Malatu is suitable for adults and children. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. 
The Ministry of Education through the National Teaching Council presents the Ghana Teacher Prize 2023 on the theme, The Teachers We Need for the Education We Want, the Global Imperative to Reverse the Teacher Shortage. Guest of honor, His Excellency Nana Adodankwa Akufuado. The most outstanding teacher will be awarded with a three-bedroom apartment. First runner-up goes with a four-by-four pickup. Second runner-up gets a saloon car. The best teacher in leadership and administration gets a saloon car. The best college of education tutor gets a 4x4 pickup. Other categories to be awarded include the best preschool teacher, the best primary school teacher, the best junior high school teacher, the best senior high TVET school teacher, the best non-teaching staff. Activities include a two-day symposium on the 3rd and 4th of October 2023 at Akroma Plaza Hotel, Takrade, at 9 a.m. and a Grand Derva on Thursday, 5th October 2023 at exactly 9 a.m. at Ghana Secondary Technical School, GSTS Auditorium, Takrade. Sponsors include Media Partner, Ghana Teacher Prize 2023, My Teacher, My Future. Unleash even more moolah by sticking from one Ghana city to 350 Ghana cities. And you could win 26 times your stake on the exciting new pick one game from Game Park. Play by dialing star 946 hash on all networks via our website or download the Game Park app on www.gameparkgames.com. Choose your pick one number from 1 to 36. Place your stake. And watch our live draws on Adum TV at 9 a.m., 12 p.m., and 6 p.m. daily. Hey, live light like me with Game Park. Game Park, more mula, more power. This game is regulated by the National Lottery Authority, not for persons under 18. Play responsibly. Owning a home is an accomplishment. When it comes to choosing our preference of living, we are faced with a dilemma. Will you go for affordability, comfort, or luxury? Well, we will help you choose your preferred home at a very affordable and convenient way. At the 2023 edition of the Republic Bank Love Affirm Habitat Fair, slated for Friday, 6 October to Sunday, 8 October 2023, at the Kumasi City Mall, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. each day. This event is brought to you by your superstation, Love 99.5 FM, in partnership with Republic Bank. Powered by Airport City HDG Homes. And sponsored by DBS Industries Limited, Syntex Tank, the ultimate protection plus insurance product from Star Life Assurance, safety and home solutions, supported by... Brought to you by Commend the DBS Industries to you. Let's go to DBS Industries.
Another welcome to Prime Sports with me, Razak Musbao. Now, the African Union Sports Council has expressed satisfaction with the level of work done at the various venues for the 2023 Africa Games. The delegation conducted an extensive tour of the facilities, particularly the Legon Sports Stadium and the Botiman Sports Complex, with the latter deemed to be at 87% completion. Now, both projects are slated for handover to the local organizing committee in December. Joy Sports, Harun Mubarak was there and filed this report. Another chance for Ghana to prove it is on course to host Africa's biggest sports event. Representatives from some of the countries on the continent were present to see for themselves the progress made at the venues designated for the Games. The tour began at the Legon Stadium, where the facility appears to be far from being near completion. Work is still ongoing to better the grass. Tartan tracks for both the stadium and the warm-up field are yet to be designed, and other areas like the director's box, the media tribune, are all uncompleted. But all is not gloomy. Though work is still ongoing, the rugby turf seems to be in good shape with only final touches remaining. An even better improvement of the field, the designated area for the athletes to have a successful stay for the games appears ready. The Legon facility inspection has been completed and now it's time to proceed with the assessment of the Borteman Sports Complex. A noteworthy development the construction of a road that directly connects to the Bortiman facility. According to contractors, this road is considered safe and a crucial piece of the puzzle. And, uh, as of now, the contractor has done about 80% of the work. It's expected to be completed in December this year. And if, I mean, I hope you travel on it, you saw extensive work on it. However, inside the facility has many unfinished projects for the event. Over 20 sporting disciplines, including swimming, tennis, and basketball, will be hosted at the venue. It's been a roller coaster period as far as preparation for the games is concerned. But over the last few months, there's been some improvement in terms of the erection of buildings for the various sporting events. But the job is not done yet. There's still a lot more to do, and time will tell if indeed they can meet the deadline in December. Construction progress stands at 59%, with 49% remaining to be completed. However, the overall completion rate is at 87%. Officials say the government has invested over $180 million in the project and additional support from corporate Ghana can accelerate the completion of the work. So far, government has invested about $185 million and um, that is not with regard, that has nothing to do with operational costs. It's solely for infrastructure, the building of the facilities here and then at Legon. And uh, the government will have to also give the LOC money for operations. So that's the cost that will also be added to what 
so far has been sunk into the project. Uh, and then we are saying that uh, corporate bodies can also complement the efforts of what government has done so far. The inspection team expressed their satisfaction with the progress of work done during the tour. They also extended their gratitude to the government of Ghana for its efforts in ensuring that the preparations are on track. I think we are very happy with the progress that has been made so far. And we are, the African Union is very, very grateful with the great investment that the government of the Republic of, of Ghana has put into the construction of the facilities. Last time when we were here, we were assured by the um, LOC that um, by December, all the facilities will be uh, completed and ready for, for the games. And for sure, this time we just um, visited Legon. It's nearly complete, and um, here we are now. When I see the overall percentage there, I think it is about 87%. So this is very impressive. And um, the confederations, who are the custodians of sports, uh, in terms of um, who are the custodians of appreciating the technical aspects of the organizations of the game, the organization of the games, rather, they were very impressed, um, and um, they are very supportive, and they were very happy. The sun in the hourglass continues to fall, and as it descends, the anticipation for the games intensifies. With just five months left, there is a heightened awareness that preparations need to be completed quickly to meet the deadline in December. Haruna Mubarak for Joy Sports. Now, Let's Africa, in collaboration with Ghana Gas, has constructed a modern astroturf at a unique park, Kote, in the Ofarikro municipality of the Ashanti region. Now, the region now boasts of about 18 artificial turfs, but only one, uh, the GUSS Force Complex at Kenyasti, is situated within the Ofarikro municipality. Baba FM Stephen Zander was at the commissioning and has come to for the support. Glitz Africa CEO Claudia Abnakwati Lumo, as part of efforts to aid sports development in the region, sourced funding from Ghana to construct the first government owned astrochef in the Oforiko municipality. A ceremony was held on Sunday at Kote to commission the project. The event featured former Black Stars captain Stephen Apia. Other football legends who graced the occasion include. Suleiman Tari, Emmanuel Ajimambadu, Fatah Odauda, Derek Boatin, and Lai Kinson. Speaking during a colorful ceremony to unveil the groundbreaking facility, Claudia Lumo, who is the brain behind this project, explained the initiative has the goal to assist in unearthing more football talent within the constituency. There are a lot of talent in our constituency. The guys are very good with football. And this will help them especially after launching the Oforikum Football Rangers. These former Black Stars players we brought today will mentor the players in the constituency. And some will be scouted as well. So I am confident in the future. The edifice, which was constructed by Best Limited, has fences, washrooms, 
floodlights and a standard football field that can host matches. Managing Director of Best Limited Construction Firm, Nanantri says their aim is to develop football pitches across the country. Best Limited, and as a company, we've focused on delivering excellence when it comes to the development of sports pitches across the country. And this here at Kote is a standard 11-a-side pitch, which comes with uh, the best of uh, illumination when it comes to lightning to provide enough brightness when the games are to be played in the evening. For the sake of protection for the players and uh, patrons of the pitch, there is provided uh, this panel mesh fencing. So all throughout, we believe that BEST stands for BEST and there is the need for various communities and all agencies to rally behind BEST Limited as we develop our pitches nationwide. The financiers of the project, Ghana Gas, is aiming at providing more artificial turfs in the country for the youth to be able to keep social vices. Here is Mr. Ayima of Ghana Gas. If Ghana had a lot of astroturfs, we would have produced a lot of football talent than we have today. The place used to be a rough playing surface, but with this transformation, look at the joy and excitement it has brought to the people of Kote. So Ghana Gas will provide more for the youth to be engaged with football, which could help curb social vices. For providing such astroturf within the country. And let's stay on sports and facilities because Ghana Premier League champions Mediema are set to commission their new stadium ahead of the of their participation in the CAF Champions League group stage. Now, Mediema book a place in the group stage of the competition after overcoming the challenge of Guinean side Horoya over two games last month, securing a 4-3 aggregate win. Mediema played their home games of the qualifiers at the Cape Coast Stadium as their home grounds continues to be under construction. Now, speaking to the press on Monday, the Member of Parliament for Takwa Isim, George Miracle Duka, revealed the club will commission the 10,000-seater capacity stadium by the end of November. Our league is being re-energized. The soccer fraternity must be happy. We mustn't only glorify uh, the teams in the diaspora, but also glorify our teams and motivate them. We need to motivate ourselves. It's not only the uh, teams in the foreign countries and will be wearing their T-shirts uh, even spending more time discussing foreign teams than our local matches. Referees must be motivated. Team or club owners must be motivated. The entire playing body in this country must be equally motivated and directed. When they are influenced by positive uh, comments, we kind of reshape our uh, sporting fraternity. On this note, thank you very much for the attention. Uh, we believe come December, where we'll be playing in Tapa uh, for the championship, the entire country will uh, come to Tapa. Our roads will be uh, uh, to Tapa. Uh, we'll be commissioning our stadium also uh, in by November ending. And we are using this platform. We are using this platform.
platform to invite you to Tapa. Invitation letters will start coming. And uh, by the grace of God, we shall, we shall play our match, the first match of the group uh, championship. Now, Chairman of the Ghana League Club Association, Skuju Fianu, has called for a free and fair electoral process in the upcoming Ghana Football Association's election slated for October 5 in Tamale. Now, addressing football stakeholders in a video broadcast, Mr. Fianu called for continued support for the association and also assured of their commitment to improve the well-being of clubs in the country. To our esteemed football administrators, club owners, footballers, and all other industry players. The Ghana League Clubs Association, GALCA, extends its heartfelt appreciation for your unwavering commitment to the advancement of football in Ghana. GALCA also commends the club owners across all divisions who, despite the challenging economic climate, have remained steadfast in their investment of time, resources, and energy in the world of football. While many businesses faced adversity, the football industry continued to flourish, providing support to the numerous players engaged in the sport. This season, GACA plans a number of activities to help shape the football ecosystem. As the welfare organization of our clubs, GACA remains committed to sponsoring innovative programs to nurture the game at all levels. Our flagship events, including the GACA Top 4, the President Cup, and the First Lady Cup, will be revamped and enhanced to generate income to support our beloved clubs. This will take the shape of new formats to the competitions, plus great packages for all clubs and players participating in them. We are actively engaged in discussions with various stakeholders, corporate entities, and potential investors to provide their backing in this endeavor, and we are making inroads. In due course, GACA will announce a strategic partnership to further strengthen our initiatives. Regarding the forthcoming GFA elections, GACA extends best wishes to all candidates and calls for a fair and transparent electoral process to select leaders who will contribute to the growth of football in Ghana. Well, meanwhile, former president of Nigerian Football Federation, Amaju Penek, has revealed that he has held talks with disqualified uh, GFA presidential aspirant, George Afriye, and entreated him to maintain his love for the country and avoid doing anything to jeopardize the electoral process. He has been speaking to the media in Tamale ahead of the elections on Thursday. Very very careful. I can tell you that. I've spoken to him. There are things that I cannot do at the moment. But he didn't come to say that it is a do or die. He didn't come to say that it's either me or nobody. You know, he, of course, he will ventilate his anger, which he did. And I listened. I was able to tell him some things from brother to brother. And I know George, he listens. Even though he feels agitated, he feels pain, he might be livid. But if a football lover will not want football to die, we think it's his environment. So I can be talking now, be witty, calculated, but 
you to draw new ferries. From what I've said, but I can tell you, you're not scared. You will not do anything to you, otherwise. Maybe people might be telling him X, Y, Z, but ultimately, he loves Ghana and he also knows the repercussion. We'll take a quick break and we'll be back for more. Please stay.